Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going? Happy to be here, Shay. These are uh, always fun episodes where we get to nerd out a little bit, mm-hmm. go into the lore, unpack things that are going on in the Apex universe. Yeah, today's a total nerd day. Today we are breaking down the season 13 quest chapter by chapter discussing the lore implications of just the entire event. Uh, before we do that, though, make sure if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter, at Kirkrudoshay, at HB Burrison, tweeting about Apex and all of their gaming, sports kinds of things out there. Uh, links for all those are in the description, as always. A lot of people have been knocking down our door, trying to get information on when the next third-party invitational is going to be. We're working on it. Uh, a little bit of a reminder, uh, patrons you know, have exclusive access to our tournaments, so that's going to be your best way to find out when it's going to be, where the sign-up is first before anybody else. Uh, and so if you're on the edge of your seat waiting, link for our Patreon is in the description. Yep. With that, though, let's dive into the quest review and recap. And I think off the top, we just got to say, spoiler alert. You know, if you want to read the quest for yourself, you like want to get our you know thoughts on it, go read it, come back, and then we can do this. Or, you know, if you don't like reading the quest, but you kind of want to know what's happening in lore, then feel free. Listen the way and get everything spoiled for you. But don't say we did not warn you, at least. <laughs> totally. Um, Normally, we like to kind of give a lot of time so people can read it and experience it. Um, I think a little bit of time has passed, so we're going to just go ahead and go into the quest. Mm -hmm. This season, the quest was called Family Secrets, and the little intro blurb was, for two people who have just met, Bangalore and Newcastle have a lot of words for each other. But when Wraith and Mirage hear something alarming, they set out to uncover the secret hanging between the bickering duo, forgetting that sometimes the truth hurts. I just got to say before we dive into it, the Mirage-Wraith relationship combo to follow, so fun. Like truly an absolutely entertaining uh, duo. You get the seriousness and the jokes and uh, they're they're cool friends. And we've kind of had this existing for a while, uh, but always fun to get the more in-depth versions of it. Yeah, I agree. I really like Mirage with anybody is pretty true. Nice. Like true. Mirage yeah. with Rev, Mirage with Path, Mirage <laughs> with Rampart, all pretty entertaining. Uh, Just throw Wraith Mirage. Classic. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you can't go wrong. A um, little bit of like pre season, pre quest background. Um, Bangalore. So her mm-hmm. backstory was that she was separated from her brother for years, more than a decade. Um, she entered the Apex Games in order to earn an obscene amount of money to charter a pilot to return her to her family across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. That was really her prime directive, was family and returning to her family after she was kind of left uh, in the frontier wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, randomly, end of last season, she was able to hit up Revenant. and. He was going to take her on that trip. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which was odd for many reasons, uh, to be pretty honest. Uh, Bangalore, at that point, announced her retirement. And rightfully so, I think, we saw that Loba expressed a lot of hurt uh, that Bangalore would be turning her back on that chosen family and just abandoning everybody that mm-hmm. she knows and cares about, friends, uh, maybe some people that she loves. Um, and that was kind of where we were at. Uh, with Bangalore mm-hmm. going into this. Then Newcastle or Jackson, uh, we discovered was in fact alive the entire time uh, that Bangalore was competing and trying to get back uh, together with her, her closest sibling, Jackson. I also then learned uh, upon release of this season that Jackson went AWOL from the IMC and began a new secret life in the Outlands. Uh, even secret to his closest sibling, Anita. Then things get a little interesting. And this is what we really (laughs) thought was going to be unpacked in this quest. Jackson, he's living in a small town, local hero, Newcastle, um, kind of became underwater with criminals from his debt. Uh, He kind of gets uh, washed out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Jackson took up his armor to compete in the Apex Games in order to repay the debt uh, to protect his community because these criminals were going to, uh, you know, put their their vengeance on innocence mm-hmm. uh, in order to convince uh, whoever was wearing the armor that they need to win. And Newcastle, the original Newcastle, was not a very great. Mm-hmm competitor uh, evidently (laughs) a big failure when it came to entering the apex games earning any money um but then jackson you know former imc seems to be pretty confident to do that um even after growing a dad bod 13 Mm -hmm. years after service uh you know not really working out uh maybe or getting that uh experience in the field but that's kind of where we came in uh, to yeah. this quest uh, with a lot of questions still, but we know that now Jackson is alive. Yeah, it's an interesting story. The Bangalore, Jackson's brother, from the beginning of Apex, we thought, eh, seems like Jackson's going to like come in at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but how and why is always going to be the question. But yeah, I think you know the name of the quest is Family Secrets, and we're just following the theme of family. And it's such a great theme i think to monitor jackson with his kind of you know his bangalore family you know the williams and then with the family he's kind of found that he now wants to protect as well and as well with you know bangalore her family of the williams and bangalore with her family of the legends so you got this theme going everywhere and it's just a good one to follow i think and a really nice message to send man one of my takeaways though from jackson showing up being successful and Bangalore showing up, being successful. And I think it's a little bit answered in Bangalore stories from the Outlands. Either like these two are pretty special in terms of combat. Like they're very, very skilled. But I also think it truly does answer the question that a lot of people ask us of what would happen if a pilot joined the games? Like these are just regular IMC soldiers that are having massive success. Um, and we'll see some regular, you know, just kind of mercs kind of having some success as well in this story and 
man, I just think if a pilot showed up, I just yeah. think it would be uh, BGGs at that point. Like they're just too skilled. And I think it just further reinforces we're never going to see a pure pilot come into the games because of that. Um, and if we do, the leaps and things that would have to happen to do so, I think are going to be really challenging. <laughs> totally. We, if you're curious about what a pilot is, you're familiar with what a pilot is, we want to know their place in this lore. We did a really awesome episode on Titanfall lore and how it, you know, mixes with Apex lore. Um, really fun episode. If you like what we're talking about right now, definitely go find that. It's a good one. But we dive in straight into chapter one. And this first chapter is called Money and Mercenaries. Start off, Bangalore, Newcastle, and Wraith are on a team and have just come off of a win of the Apex Games. And they're meeting at the crashed Hestia for a pickup on Stormpoint. Um, during the games and afterwards, we kind of get the sense from Wraith that she's picking up on a close bond between the new legend and Anita. They're working really well together, they're very effective, and they pretty much won that game on their own uh, because of their synergy. Mirage then comes by Wraith, and after the games, he's not dead or in a respawn tank um, after the game, so kind of leads to how do the games work a little bit, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, Mirage then tells Wraith uh, that when he was on Bangalore and Newcastle's team, that it was very awkward. Um, later, Mirage highlights that he was paired up with Revenant and a, quote, rando who dies. Um, <laughs> No respawn for randos. Um, I love it. <laughs> and this, you know, for the first time really confirms my initial belief that all competitors were not legends. Mm -hmm. That, you know, this wasn't like the all-star league. Everybody is a superhero mm -hmm. all competing. This is a normal blood sport, you know, tournament style thing where anybody can really get in and play, but only the legends kind of stand a chance. Um, Shay had an interesting thought on this as well. Yeah, I mean, I will just say also, just wait until we got 35 more seasons of the game and then the lore will really change because we will be able to have an all-star cast. But I, I just think it's interesting. Like, yeah, there's randoms competing. Does this mean that legends, quote-unquote legends, uh, you have to be a legend to be able to respawn and that most people don't go into the Apex games competing with the promise of respawn, which enforces that, hey, the Apex games are brutal. They are a blood sport. It is for money. It's probably people's last ditch effort to try and win a couple bucks to save themselves or something, or they're training their whole lives to compete in the games. I hope it's that more than like, hey, it's hopefully it's not just like random people thrown into an arena, Hunger Games esque style to die, but it paints the blood sport picture. It shows that the legends are special. I want to know the exact reasoning, and it shows that they're still killers at the end of the day, that these guys are taking people out for good uh, versus kind of maybe the fun and games, you know, rated T for uh, teens that we kind of are used to. So yeah. that's just a theory, like 100%. That's not confirmed. That's just kind of me like reading into that, jumping to some conclusions. I'd love to kind of maybe get the official uh, answer rules at some point from the writing team, uh, but an interesting thought, I think. And this all kind of just comes from the canonization of respawning. 
um, which I didn't yeah. feel was necessary in order to play the game. But since that was put into the lore, now we have so many more questions of, is this life and death? Who gets the respawn? But this also, this chapter also confirms that teams are random. Like yeah. there is no, mm-hmm. oh, my favorite teammate is Lifeline. I'm going to be on her team. And we're going to compete for the prize. Mm-hmm. No, like Mirage gets paired up with a random. So I think the writers have definitely played into this is a video game first, story second, mm-hmm. which I think is probably fun for them because it kind of gives easy inspiration for how things work in the universe but it isn't as maybe cinematic uh as it was early on or at least in my mind yeah if Um, we ever get a tv show though hopefully we got the rules figured out by then i'll go with whatever the tv show's rules are that's for sure yeah and the last just on this one sentence of a rando dying on mirage's team that also kind of makes it a little more difficult to understand why it takes someone like Seer so long to make it into the main mm-hmm. stage unless you embrace Shay's theory that the Apex card is really a you know respawn guarantee in the games. And so you're not gonna, you know, play in this battle royale blood sport unless you have that security and you have to compete and overcome certain trials or just mm-hmm. be best friends with bliss in order to get that um it, it just more questions more more questions to me to me that's true <laughs> it's that's true, true. it's true i'm cool with it too um but we get back on track and kind of anita Wraith or not anita wraith and mirage are chatting about uh bangalore and newcastle and they are overhearing uh an argument between bangalore and newcastle um, the Bangalore really wants some answers. Newcastle then says Jackie is dead at this point. Um, Rip. Wraith, yeah, which is a pretty <laughs> brutal thing to say. Wraith overhears their argument uh, in kind of partial uh, parts and concludes that from that, Newcastle is pretty suspicious for a few reasons. Number one, they definitely seem to know each other. And mm-hmm. if Wraith has no idea who this guy is, that that leads to some questions. Number two, Newcastle calls someone right afterwards and says he's going to give them his winnings. So that's definitely a red flag mm-hmm. um, because that means he's you know possibly corrupted. Yeah. Um, number three, Bangalore was going to retire. You know, already said goodbye to Wraith. Very emotional. Then Newcastle shows up and she stays. Total one eighty. Why did that happen? Definitely suspicious. And then finally. Wraith is definitely having some red flags um, because this guy Newcastle had been trying to get into the games since before Forge 10 seasons ago Long in time. our time mm-hmm. um, and had always had mediocre skills according to Wraith um, and now he's on Bangalore's level mm-hmm. which we know mm-hmm. is pretty dang high when it comes Legit. to mm-hmm. close quarters combat, weapon skill like Bangalore is top tier when it comes to some very high impact abilities. Um, so then they kind of decide they're going to try to learn a little bit more about it. Head into chapter two. Yeah, straight in. Title. I think I think covered. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> so chapter two, eavesdropping and animity. Mirage gets a Harris Valley patron drunk at the Paradise Lounge 
and asks them some questions. He learns Harris Valley is boring, but run by the forgotten families. Um, They're a group of ex-IMC, mafia-style, organized criminals. Mm -hmm. Um, The mercenary that Mirage is almost interrogating then spills that a lot of IMC soldiers lost faith in the cause of the war and deserted, like Jackson. I don't know. I kind of thought that maybe Jackson was maybe in the moral minority when -hmm. it came to the IMC. But evidently, that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, I, I, there was I a lot of folks like Jackson. He's definitely in the mind. Like they're definitely still the minority of being deserters. But I definitely think it's a larger group than we are one hundred percent we're expecting at all. We'd yeah. only have known of two essentially, and then whoever was on the ship with Jackson. So it's like, are there stories to tell of these other people as well? Now, I think that could be something really interesting to monitor and follow. I mean, now. How many of these other deserters does Jackson know as well? Mm-hmm. And is he in contact with? What's that network like? Um, it's a really cool introduction of another piece of lore into the games. And besides deserters like Jackson or Anita, um, Jackson doesn't really consider Anita to be a deserter, oddly. So there's a little <laughs> bit of separation there. Um, but other than them being kind of cast out after the war, the IMC loyalists were also stranded after the war, which I find extremely fascinating that the IMC and the Frontier Militia have a stalemate, and then the IMC abandons all their troops, all of their equipment after the war, and just kind of ditches them all in the middle of nowhere, really, the Outlands. Um, and that kind of concludes that Bangalore wasn't really special for being left behind after the mm-hmm. class after her crash like the whole military was left behind with no way home mm-hmm. um, so that was a pretty universal issue in a post-war outlands yeah um the mercenary then comes back and says that the only fun they ever have in harris valley is when they find an imc deserter and brutally murder them <laughs> Oh, intense, brutally murder, shady figure. Um, Wraith then kind of overhears this and learns that it's public knowledge, according to this mercenary and his inner circle, that Newcastle funds the family's operations with his winnings. Um, You know, from at the beginning uh, of the season, we kind of felt like this was super under the table and that Mm -hmm. it was kind of blackmailing but seems like that whole group has no problem saying yeah newcastle is in our back pocket at least after a couple drinks yeah and but either whether it's after a couple drinks or before this story and the bar environment is just reinforcing you're in the outlands like Mm -hmm. it's not controlled it's not police like we are in a little bit of a chaotic environment and anything kind of goes to an extent. There's not a lot of law and order around. And so you have to not only be wary of that, but look out for yourself if you're kind of living uh, in this kind of time period. And it makes the legends who do step up for people in times of needs uh, even more impactful, I think. Absolutely. And following this information that these crazy people are brutally murdering former IMC uh, soldiers that maybe aren't super sympathetic to the old cause, Mm -hmm. Wraith and Mirage then immediately seek out Bangalore in case she's in danger 
because she's an ex-IMC soldier herself. Straight into chapter three, recognition and responsibility, Mirage and Wraith head to Harris Valley to the same warehouse, it seems, that Jackson became Newcastle, kind of mm-hmm. the same meeting spot. Yeah. Newcastle hands over the winnings to the ringleader of the family and leaves after the ringleader threatens to kill more deserters unless Jackson keeps earning, mm-hmm. which you know we kind of unravel throughout this whole quest that initially we thought that they were just going to aimlessly abuse the, the town until Newcastle paid up these debts. But it seems like the town is really made up of a lot of maybe these deserters or refugees from the war. So it's a target-rich environment for the family to enact their revenge Mm -hmm. on what they don't like and what put them in a tough situation. Um, So a lot more context as to who Newcastle is protecting, and it's people like him, really, Mm -hmm. uh, who he is protecting. And is this the chapter as well where they find out that he is or they he they reveal that they know that he's Jackson as well. It comes a little bit later. A little bit later. But okay. Sorry, point, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Um we think Bangalore knows at this point, but that's another thing about this that each chapter is from a different perspective. It gets almost. confusing. So you see Bangalore, mm-hmm. Wraith, Mirage is all perspective. And each chapter doesn't start out with, oh, this is from the perspective of Bangalore. You get halfway through and then you realize. (laughs) You really have to read it closely and say, oh, this is easily Mirage. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, discerning between Bangor and Wraith is usually a little bit trickier, but Mm -hmm. you point out some military jargon and boom, you kind of unlock it. So that's a fun little mini quest inside Mm -hmm. the quest. It's cool writing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, Then Bangor shows up and she's looking for answers. Newcastle is out of there, and she starts fighting with like five or six of these uh, mercs. Wraith and Mirage quickly get involved to help out their friend, and we're getting into the action of this quest. Yeah. Before we keep going into the action in depth, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Take it away with uh, chapter four. And actually, let me throw in I still think I got to know which of the legends own ships because they're able to travel to all these places much more easily than I thought uh, they'd be able to uh, when I first kind of started being a fan of Apex. But that's not ever going to be addressed, I'm sure. So we don't need to dwell on it for too long. <laughs> they seem to zip around all the time nowadays. I'm more interested at how much wealth is on the table. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is Mirage. Like well, he makes LeBron jokes James, that he has like, to he has to own the bar yeah. and like have a day job kind of thing. But is I it is it really a that. joke though? Yeah, or I wonder. Yeah, so it's like maybe they can all afford spaceships, and mm-hmm. Lambos. But then I don't know. You, but if they have so much money, then why did it take Bangalore thirteen years to you know save up enough money, and then she didn't even need that money. Well, you got to you got to so fundraise enough money that you essentially will say, "Hey, I'm going to make you so rich that your kids will be rich because you're not mm-hmm. going to survive to ever see them again with how long this trip is going to last with you being the pilot." So you're essentially paying someone to give their life away so I can see how maybe that cost is a bit more extreme. Um that's or there's going to be a great answer sounds, of like, like for every it's a robotic autopilot thing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> 
I think that is kind of the lore context that we had pre this season. But I don't know, finding a pilot that's kind of down in the dumps and <laughs> their life for their family security, that doesn't seem like it would be billions of dollars. Like I, I don't know. I'd like to know how much wealth Henry's, the we're going to start. That's how it. much does a life cost? That's what we've yeah. now gotten into in the Apex game. Well, well, more so, I'm saying if I win a game of Apex, I yes. want to know how much money that's worth. Is that a mill or a bill? I do that all the time, and I've been looking for a side hustle. And <laughs> if I could just win the Apex games in real life, then mm, I'd be good. I love it. <laughs> Chapter four, yep. integrity and intentions. Bangalore, after the last game, we kind of rewind a little bit uh, to get her perspective on the post-game confrontation between her and her brother. And honestly, it's extremely relatable. She is shocked that her bro- brother is dodging her and weirdly pretending to be somebody else. That is very weird. Mm-hmm. And... She's probably still shocked that he is alive and in front of her. Like, this is a lot of crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So Bangalore jumps right in, confronts him, and says that he can explain all of this on the trip back home to Gridiron with Revenant. So she's kind of in the mindset, <laughs> like, hey, it's great to see you, but I'm not we staying gotta in the get games. To the fam. You're not staying in the mm-hmm. games. Like, we're out of here. Um, Jackson then says Harris Valley needs him. Bangalore is incredibly insulted by this, that Jackson would choose some small town over his sister. Jackson again tells her that Jackson is dead. Um, Jackson then says they both found a new family in the Outlands. He is just the only one that sees it, then leaves. Mm. Pretty dramatic. Um, Bangalore is still confused by all this behavior and believes that friends are nice, but, quote, family is everything. That's been pretty pivotal to her her character for a while. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she follows him home to find out more. Once she gets to Harris Valley, a street vendor stops Bangalore and asks her to leave relatively politely because she's wearing IMC gear and that Harris Valley is built by refugees, orphans, and widows, all created by the IMC. I found this a little bit weird uh, that this is kind of who populates Harris Valley when it's all controlled by ex-IMC criminals called the family. Like They kind of came in here, and I get maybe why they're there, but if everybody is IMC, I feel like there could be a lot of collateral damage, and they have a lot more in common than maybe they don't. Just, I don't know. Because a widow of the IMC, you know, that's not a deserter. So, yeah. and a refugee isn't really either, you know, a refugee from a war. So, I, I don't know. I, I felt like there's a lot of IMC going on. And for it to be controlled by these criminals called the family, the forgotten family, mm-hmm. seems a little odd to me. But I, I, I can wrap my head around it. I definitely had that first confusion, though, as well, of seeing, like, how are they kind of coexisting, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah, I, it's not like we get a clear answer, but maybe, maybe we'll find out more about both of these groups during the rest of the quest and here on after. Yeah. It, you know, the based off what we had earlier in the quest, that the Forgotten Family is, you know, trying to find all these deserters and kill them. 
Mm-hmm. That's almost like the Inquisitors, you know? Like, you, you don't necessarily need to have a whole town that is related to the IMC war in order to be an Inquisitor searching for them. So I, I just felt it was a little weird that they made it so that, that that town was all very much unified in their IMC background almost, or yeah. not liking the IMC. Um, but it also aligns perfectly with at the very beginning of the season, we saw that that town did not like Bangalore at all. You know, they saw her as an IMC sympathizer. So that kind of checks out. Yeah. Um, Bangalore kind of brushes that off, but she loses Jackson in the process and then meet up with a Mirage and Wraith at that warehouse fight after she saw Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Going into chapter five, discourse and disturbance. Wraith and Bangalore have a weirdly awkward time avoiding and taking on these mercenaries. Um, in my opinion, the portal and phase tech seem to not be as OP in a real world fight outside of the Apex games. Uh, um, Mirage, by the way, a bit more OP outside of the Apex games than in the Apex games. So we might have to redo our lore power rankings after this one. Yeah, it's pretty shocking, uh, the power differences. Um, Wraith gets hit and just doesn't have the energy to escape with her portal, um, which I think gives a little bit more context to how her abilities work. Mm-hmm. Um, Mirage saves her with many decoys, uh, distracting the mercs. Wraith then runs into somebody with a glowing gauntlet who is evenly matched to her and who knows her name. Um, which is pretty shocking. Uh, she runs away, that mystery person mm-hmm. with the gauntlet, runs away through the smoke, and Mirage reminds Wraith that Bangalore needs their help. A lot of action. A lot uh, of action. After. But, but that moment with that random person, for me, was at least my first, like, we were chapter five, and I'm like, Eight chapters total? How much of the story are we actually getting at this point? If this is what the chapters are focused on? And I'm like, wait, we're starting a new story also with yeah. this like Wraith thing as well. Okay, I see where this is going. Like, cool. I'm interested. Like, let's get to the next one, essentially. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so we go into chapter six, Insight and Insights. This is from Mirage's standpoint, and he claims that there's 15 to 50 mercenaries in the warehouse. A lot more than the initial calculation from yeah. Bangalore. That would maybe explain why well, this is a bit more of a challenge for these mm-hmm, three legends. Mm-hmm. Or it's Mirage really exaggerating. Or it's Mirage not knowing that his decoys are not <laughs> I enemies. I can see it being uh, any of the above, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> when you don't have a reliable narrator, storytelling is a <laughs> little harder. bit harder. Yeah. Um, but after some, well, I would say comedic fights, like they're just bumping into each other like toddlers. They're like accidentally punching each other in the ribs. Like it's very weird how mm-hmm. these legends are acting. Wraith confronts Bangalore. And this is, I think, a really key chapter of the whole quest. Wraith is disappointed that Bangalore has been keeping her in the dark about whatever's going on mm-hmm. with this Newcastle figure. After consoling her, and searching for Jackson, quote, every spare moment Wraith had, she's kind of upset yeah. that she hasn't been in the loop. Yeah. 
Uh, fair upsetting yeah. too. Like very fair. Like, I, would I say. hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Bangalore is mad at Wraith because she told her Jackson was dead and a body in a morgue that she discovered was him, most yeah. likely. Also, I can understand you know, that too. Short term, you could be upset with that. It does yeah. make some sense. Bangalore then says, This is a Williams family business. You're not family. Stop digging into my life just because you can't figure out your own. Super harsh. Wraith then claps back and says, we had a deal. I help you find your family. You help me find my past. When have you helped me? Bangalore then says, Wraith's face has been on every screen in the Outlands and no one's bothered to reach out. Pretty rich coming from Bangalore, whose brother has been watching her confirmed on TV for 13 years, very same screens, and never made contact. So it's kind of clear that either the writing is loose or Bangalore is still like very shocked about her whole life and situation uh, to say something like that to Wraith because it's exactly her situation you know they are so similar in their issues and i think that's why they bond so well but this conflict is almost funny because they have so much common ground Mm -hmm. but then they go their separate ways and we head straight into chapter seven we like shay said we gotta wrap up these Mm storylines we don't have mm -hmm. it all day um chapter seven is called absence and acquiescence Wraith catches up to Bangalore and they very, very, very quickly catch, like make up. Yeah. Um, Wraith will be Bangalore's backup for the time being. And after all this settles with Newcastle, Bangalore will help Wraith learn more about her past. Like, problem solved. Hurrah. Quick, quick mm-hmm. conflict resolution, which is great for any relationship. They're legends for a reason. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, at then a neighborhood block party, it seems, Wraith and Bangalore see Newcastle in his secret identity. And Bangalore kind of realizes that he has his own life with these kids, doesn't really want to interrupt. And we end the quest on her kind of feeling defeated and sad and just saying, yeah. well, he's doing his own thing. It's not um, a happy ending, that's for sure. No, not for mm-hmm. Bangalore. She doesn't get that. Oh, yes, we're family. family. I still love mm-hmm. you. We're going to look out for each other. I just need to do this and this. Like, that does not happen, mm-hmm. uh, which is shocking. But we'll get to that in our conclusion. Final chapter eight, not and null. Mirage reports to Wraith his finding on the Forgotten Families. He's doing some digging. He presents her with a photo of the mercenary with the glowing gauntlet who called her by her name. Uh, in the photo, this person is referenced in, in her hand, she's reading a sign that reads subject zero. Very horrifying mm-hmm, for Wraith. Mm-hmm. Um, Mirage then points out that in between all these redacted lines in this dossier of information, um, that that person, subject zero, is project leader Dr. Renee A. H. Lazi. It's another version of Wraith uh, from the trials that. She at one point led and then became a subject of. So mm-hmm. really opening up potentially the next season quest. Yeah. Which is very exciting. No, it's it's super 
exciting because, you know, looking back on it, I don't think it was ever clarified that, like, we knew that Wraith volunteered for her own experiment, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that, like, I always assumed it was like, oh, nobody wanted to do the experiment. She was the first. So, like, she was the one that sub, like, experimented on herself to start when it looks like we might be building towards. There were maybe some other people who volunteered before she actually had to self-volunteer as well. Um, can we get another legend that has like the same abilities essentially? Like what? It just opens a lot of doors, like you said. It's going to be really interesting to see how it's explained and what it means for the future if you know this character ever makes their way into becoming a legend. Yeah, we really in mobile apex mobile we kind of thought there would be a lot of relationship between fade and wraith yeah um, which isn't really the case uh have separate backstories not the same experiments or anything mm-hmm. um but pretty cool um i think we probably got more background on wraith than we did about jackson and anita yeah. in this yeah. quest which was maybe shocking disappointing uh to some people but kind of our thoughts in conclusion, um, Bangalore and Jackson are not going to have a relationship, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to continue learning more about this? Is, are, are we going to revisit it in the future? Maybe. Um, but we kind of knew going into this, if we were getting answers, we were going to get them in this quest. Yeah. And we don't really get answers as to why Jackson didn't reach out over mm-hmm. the last 13 years yeah. to his closest family member. Yeah. Um, I really thought we were going to get more answers. And I was also just surprised, generally speaking, that we really didn't get Newcastle's perspective that much in this quest. Yeah. It was really focused on Wraith, Mirage, and Bangalore narrating. And because of that, we didn't ever even have this opportunity for Newcastle to to get the internal thinkings of why Newcastle did what he did versus it even you know being explained to Bangalore. We got question marks on both sides. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really freaking interesting. The story doesn't feel wrapped by any means because of that. And so it's like, what is going to happen? Well, I think, you know, I, I think we'll probably get the, you know, Newcastle is going to have his family. Bangalore is going to have her family. Maybe she'll finally recognize the legends as her family uh, and not just the other Williams. Maybe Newcastle and Bangalore will come together eventually uh, in a bit. But as of now, they're definitely not like, uh, they're not brother and sister from the way they're acting, at least. So, or I guess you could say they're a lot like brother and sister from the way they're acting. You can go either way with that one. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a very heartbreaking relationship, honestly, at this point, that it's been Bangalore's prime drive to reconnect, if at mm-hmm. all possible, with somebody that she thought was dead. And when that person she found to be alive doesn't really care about her, says her brother is dead, is pretending to be somebody else, has a whole other family. Yeah. has known about her being alive and exactly where she is for over a decade. That's crushing. You know, to resolve that mm-hmm. in a quest was probably high hopes, but we didn't get honestly a peep from Newcastle other than gotta protect Harris Valley. Yeah. Which is nothing new for us. Yeah. 
I, I hope we get some. Uh, the other thing is like the end obviously makes sense of Newcastle is going to want to pay this debt and then stop competing. He's going to, he wants to spend time with his family. We know that legends aren't leaving the game anytime soon though. So how will that be either paused or extended into lore? I'm not sure. I, I hope whenever we get this kind of either confrontation or just kind of like them talking and being a bit more direct with one another, if it comes, I hope we actually get it with the voice actors uh, and maybe in like the short videos we've been getting on socials and stuff, which is a random way to get the lore of this. But I think there's chance for it to be a kind of a cool emotional just impact between those two. If those voice actors can play off each other well. Totally. Agreed. I was going to wrap things up for us though this Saturday. Thank you to our producer, the third party 10 of sports silver on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, follow on Spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. Catch you next time. Yes. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>